This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Dine Local SD, serving up the latest in the San Diego culinary world with a pinch of history. Three, woo, we are live on the right. Dine Local SD podcast number 45. We are cool. serving up. I know it is cool. 44. Almost at fifty. <laughs> we are serving up the latest in the San Diego culinary world with a pinch of history. Mm-hmm. Today we welcome Executive Chef Evan Cruz of Artera Del Mar. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I um I found this really lovely written little bio about you here. Oh wow. Yeah. Are you ready for it? <laughs> Executive chef Evan Cruz leads his culinary team at Artera, bringing self-expression, innovative, and cutting-edge techniques to our San Diego restaurant. For over 19 years, Evan has been honing his culinary arts to create modern comfort food with a twist, using the highest quality, locally sourced, and organic ingredients. Mm -hmm. His creativity distinguishes him as one of the best in his field. Yeah! Educated at California Culinary Academy and born and raised in San Diego. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not many of us out there. I know. Unicorns. Evan's Artera menu is California-inspired naturally. Um, awesome. Welcome. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, Evan, you and I ran into each other at the meeting for the San Diego Food Bank yep. Gala happening in April. And we were like, oh, my God, we should do a podcast. Yeah, that's so fun, especially now. Can you believe they almost sold out before our meeting? I know that's insane. <laughs> I have people text they you know that Giving Back magazine came mm-hmm. out. So we're talking about the Cork and Craft Gala um April 28th mm-hmm. by the it's a fundraiser for the um San Diego Food Bank. And um Evan and myself and a bunch of other San Diego chefs are going to be cooking at it. Mm-hmm. We had a really awesome photo shoot in the San Diego Food Bank and the magazine it's called Giving Back magazine just mm-hmm. came out. People have been texting me photos of our Oh really? Yeah, I have one in the office. I'll show oh, that's you. cool. Well, I mean that 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 one is true to my heart. I mean, yeah, to do what they do in the food bank specifically for raising money for ch- uh, underprivileged children to take food home. Yeah, I mean, especially in San Diego, being growing up, almost knowing those kids. Right. I grew up in Southeast San Diego. Same, same. Uh, for the for the beginning of my life, and I was like, I just remember some of those. Kids were my friends, right? The ones that had to pay like a quarter for their their meal or totally. a dime or something like that, yeah. right? So, you know, we never never really thought about it how much you know them going home and not having food, right? So. Yeah, it's very close to home. What yeah. high school did you go to? I went to Rancho Bernardo High. Oh, nice. Yeah, I went I, to Crawford. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Supposed to go to Morse. Okay. But my parents uh, shipped you up to. Yeah, Rancho. they're like, nice. oh, you're getting in too much trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, awesome. So we're both from San Diego. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. That's, crazy right yeah um where and when did you start cooking i started cooking and rancher bernardo as i was a dishwasher of all things um i started working as a dishwasher because you know your friends are working at in and out and this was during high school yeah Yeah. so your friends are working at in and out or uh what's it called jack in a box or something Mm -hmm. and it's like well i want to learn something yeah so i started as a dishwasher um and then I worked for my dishwasher. It was a Marriott property, of course. Oh, cool. Um, I started as a dishwasher, worked my way as a prep cook, um, and then was a sous chef and everything by like 19. Awesome. I was, I was a young kid. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. We were just talking before the, the podcast started, Evan and I were talking about how 
we create these relationships with our vendors. Mm -hmm. And like I had mentioned Patty Glennon from, I I still refer to him as from Santa Monica Seafood, but he's with Superior Seafood now Mm -hmm. that, you know, I've known him since I was 18 at the Prado. And like, Uh you've known Dan from specialty for over 20 years. Yeah, over 20 years. It's crazy, right? It's extended (laughs) culinary family here. That's awesome. I mean, like seeing his, it's, I think I even saw his son at like a martial arts tournament. Oh yeah. And like his son is like, his son's old now. Yeah, like an adult, right? Yeah, I'm like, like, wait, your son is, that's your son? Yeah, there's no way. That's so fun. So, that's great. So mm-hmm. you started at a Marriott property. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, I started at a Marriott property. Uh, I went to Las Vegas for a couple of years. Oh, how was that? That was fun. Um, made great money out there. Yeah. And this was before like the culinary boom. So, um, you know, guys out there were like uh, Jean-Louis Paladin and mm-hmm. uh, Charlie Palmer nice. and Ariel just opened up. And I worked out there for about a year, year and a half to save some money for culinary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to CCA. Okay. San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco. Okay. So um, was working in San Francisco for a little while. Um, had, you know, stages at Fleur de Lis, La mm. Folie, um, you know. The, you know, slanted door. Went to everywhere nice. I could peel potatoes, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I met Roy Yamaguchi while I was up there. Okay. So I worked at Roy's. Um, ended up being their open one of their opening members in their opening team. Cool. Um, worked up there for, and finished school up there. Then went back home. So yeah. Um, I took over. Actually, went down here to San Diego and to La Jolla. Mm-hmm. Um, was a, a cook and then a sous and then executive chef and partner here at the. La Jolla location okay. for a couple of years. Great. Yeah. So it was a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, working with specialty, especially for forever. Yeah. <laughs> We've been around forever. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Uh, I mean, we were just talking about just the history and, yeah. you know, I used to see Bob used to make deliveries to me. Yeah. And... He tells us these <laughs> stories of Bob delivering stuff in his truck. and mm-hmm. But now I have evidence. He, yeah. it, it happened. Uh, it's like, hey, Bob, how, how, how you doing? Yeah. I mean, we used to come down and for Thanksgiving, you guys were the only ones that were open for Thanksgiving yeah. dinner, it used to be. Mm-hmm. So what we would do is, because we were open for Thanksgiving, we were closed for Thanksgiving, but I'd invite all my staff to come in and cook. Oh, that's so, awesome. I think it was the day of or the day before Thanksgiving, we'd bring down Thanksgiving dinner down yeah. there. And serve it at the uh, serve it That's at, so uh, cool. at the location. So nice. Uh, you guys have been so supportive, especially. <laughs> oh so. well, you know we sure try. That's yeah. kind of we, we. That's why we're here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's so cool. And so you're, how long have you been at Artera? Uh, it's uh, almost almost going on four years now. Okay, four years in December. So. Awesome. And so Artera is located in Del Mar, mm-hmm. and I saw that you're open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes, we're uh, a hotel restaurant. Okay. But uh, we were more or less. We try to be a restaurant within a hotel. Yeah, I. So. This is embarrassing. I didn't realize you guys were in a hotel until the, like this morning. Oh really? Yeah, like <laughs> I, I had no idea. So I don't know if that's good or bad. But it's, like, it's really cool, honestly, because it's it supports us. Yeah, you know, and there's there's guests that are in house already. There's you know we have there, so it's a lot different. It's a different support market than a mm, restaurant. So. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was peeking at the menu and those mm-hmm. crab cakes sound real, <laughs> real good. Um, you have a, everything from a classic bacon cheeseburger to wild uh, mushroom fettuccine scallops with a lobster reduction. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you find your inspiration for, for the menu? I I find inspiration through San Diego. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, from uh, the specialty produce page, it's funny because we'll go 
to the produce page first. Yeah. And we'll look at what's in what's in season and what's going to be in season in the next couple months while we're developing menus. Yeah. You know, so uh, me and my sous chefs and whatnot, we have like multiple books out as well as multiple mm-hmm. um, laptops up and everything like that. Just yeah. developing our menu with what's seasonal, what's what's going on in San Diego. Especially. Absolutely. So. Are you guys on the farmer's market program? We tried to make it down there because yeah. I know they do at La Berge. Oh, yeah, um, sure. But it's 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 for myself yeah. because uh, I've moved. I'm I'm executive chef as well as a director of food and beverage. Oh, wow. So I'm, you wear a lot of hats. Yeah, I wear a lot of hats in the hotel. So I don't get to go out there exactly yep. as much as I used to. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's it's a bit different because I know the timing and everything. Sure. But we, we're going to hopefully get out there soon. Awesome. Very cool. Um. That's incredible. Wow. Food and beverage director of the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, and you guys do room service too, I imagine. Room service, banquets, everything. So Wow. It's pretty fun. When I hear stuff like this, I'm actually like, how do you do it? Like It's strange. Yeah, I have a, it's I have strange. A, I have a plate fetish now. Okay. So you yeah. know how before chefs used to be used to be oh knives and yeah. spoons yeah, and, yeah. and and ingredients. Now it's like plates and equipment. Uh-huh. And, What's so, your favorite piece of equipment right now? I still like my rationale, nice. my, my combi yeah. oven. So yeah. it's still one of my favorite things. That's great. Mm-hmm. I have a really funny story that just happened to me um, on Thursday. We had an event here at Specialty, mm-hmm. and I I've used combi ovens before, but I like they're so badass and yeah. just like new now. I like don't know all the bells and whistles of it, mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> I was cooking racks of lamb, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh. Alex Chef Alex Carbio was in yeah. here and he was like, You should just do them in the oven. Because yeah. I was gonna sous vide him. I was like, man, it's gonna take forever. Like yeah. I don't have a big vacuum. Blah, blah, blah. And so he's like, just do them in the oven. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So he's like walking me through it. And then I kind of forgot what he said. So then I called Justin from Rationale and I was like, mm-hmm. Justin, what do oh, I yeah. do? And he's walking me through it. And I'm like, okay, I got my game plan. I put the racks of lamb in the oven and I, you know, put the thermometer oh, in. Yeah, the probe. And so I'm like, I'm just obsessing over it. Cause I was like, okay, I want to mm-hmm. hold them at this temp, because then my course isn't until like two hours. I'm like mm-hmm. trying to figure it out, right? So Chef Rocio from 910, mm-hmm. she she comes in. She's like, oh, nice. You know, you guys have a combi. I'm like, yeah, I don't really know how to use it. She's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm really well-versed. Um, let me know if you uh-huh. have any questions. So the event starts and uh, I'm watching the probe. And I wanted to hold him at like 125 and I see the probes at 130. So I'm like, oh, no, I did something wrong. Uh-huh. And I start freaking out and I run up to her and I'm like, help, help. How do I stop this from cooking? And she looks at me and she goes, you take it out of the oven. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. She like <laughs> looks at me, she's like, like this. And like takes it out. I was so embarrassed. And like I was laughing so hard. Cause it was just like, I was so nervous about using that oven. Yeah. And I just like went blank. And she was like, You wanted to stop cooking? Like take, take it, it out of the, the oven. oven. Like, All right. Good one. Yeah. yeah. No, it's you know, honestly, sometimes it's so funny because there's these I, I've been in. I've been cooking for a long time. So we see these kids that come out of culinary school or come out of, you know, they 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 want to do all this. They want to do yeah. molecular. They want to do, uh, you know, uh, they want to do. Um, let's see. Uh, they 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 know how to work with fluid gels. They know how mm. to work with agar. They know how to work with all this stuff. But it's funny because it's like you ask them to trust a chicken, right? And they're like, huh? that's it's it's a foreign language to them. Yeah. 
And, you know, so yeah. it's like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> totally. You basics, know, right? That? Yeah. They're like making phones. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, all right, cool. You know, that's okay. You know, you can make a phone. You, yeah. you know, you've read uh, all these books and everything, but it's just still the base. Back to basics. Yeah, the basis. If you can't cover your basics, mm-hmm. it's hard to cut. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. The lamb came out perfect, oh, but I cool. handed it over to her from that point on. I was like, can you just handle that? And she's like, yeah, I got it. I was like, thanks. Oh, that's so cool. Especially those ovens are so, now they have it to where the newer ones, I think when Justin was telling me that um, you're going to be able to do everything through your phone. That's amazing. <laughs> like I have a little Anova sous vide thing yeah. and it has Bluetooth capabilities. Yeah. So I'll be like in my bedroom sous vide something and then like adjust the temp, you yeah, know? It's, like, oh, my phone. it's reading 32 degrees yeah. Celsius. Okay. Then we turned over 62 yeah. degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Food and technology, um, it's such an interesting intersection. Yeah. Right? Because mm. on one hand, it's like, is this a shortcut? And then it's like, but mm. if it makes it better, like, is it okay? Like, yeah. right? Like, saving time. Yeah, and exactly. Come, like, that lamb came out so good. I was like. Yeah, that, those ovens are pretty remarkable. Yeah. Especially, I mean, they, they cook everything almost uh, perfectly. Yeah, that's cool. You know, so. I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, and so what is your favorite dish on your menu? Because I was looking, like, those scallops were talking to me. Well, it's, honestly, it's hard because. It, does it change so often? Eat, well, I. I'll we'll create the food, yeah, and then have it for about a week, and then I end up hating it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like like you, a true artist. Yeah, right? you want to because well, when it's funny because when I was becoming was I was an executive chef and executive sous and all that back in the days, mm-hmm. you change your menus daily. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it was like, oh, you have to have menu up by three o'clock mm-hmm. so that it can get printed so that the hostesses can stuff it. Sure, so, so that, that the can servers that can night. do the pre shift. Yeah. yeah, so you can do your pre shift and everything like that. So. You change your menu completely almost every day. Yeah. And I'm still, I still have that kind of uh, in me, so yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still, it's like, okay, I, I kind of am tired of something. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, my favorite thing right now, we just came up with our lunch menu. Okay. Um, so my favorite thing right now is uh, I did two things. One was um, uh, Korean fried chicken steam Ooh. buns, which is fun. <gasps> We need those, Judy. I'm like looking at her like, um, oh my gosh, that's on your lunch menu? Yeah, it's on my that's lunch menu. That's great to know. So it's just, you know, it's come by for lunch. Oh so. my God. That sounds so good. Yeah. And then I made a roll that was an ode to my old sushi chef. Okay. So um, she came up with this roll back at Roy's a long time ago. Um, her name is Catherine Lacani Lowe. Um, so I actually made a, I didn't want to name her after her, but I named, it's the same exact thing. Uh, our surf and turf roll. Oh, cool. Um, which I change on our daily, which I change daily. It's a nice. different thing. So That's so cool. Yeah. Um, sushi. Let's. So you guys have a full sushi bar as well, right? Mm-hmm. And how many, like, how busy is your sushi bar? It's it's busy. Yeah, I bet. I was gonna say like, because like, what other sushi is there in Del Mar? Uh, there's three places that I uh, three okay. places that are great. Um, yeah. one is Ken Sushi Workshop, which is down, uh, down the street from us. Uh, and then there's a uh, there's another like sushi small sushi spot yeah. over by um Searsucker or something. Oh, okay, right. got so, it. Cool. Yeah. I um, that is one skill that I have never learned properly oh really yeah like it's pathetic watching me try and roll a sushi roll it's 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 a lot to learn there's a lot of small idiosyncrasies especially Mm -hmm. um 
you know, I was fortunate because um, I had a great sushi staff that were classically trained. Yeah. That when they taught, I picked up a lot and sure. I kept it, you know. So, um, you know, it's everything from paying attention because it's, it's, it's like old school. Like right. Like when you go into Very, an apprenticeship. Like traditional methods, right? Yeah. But I mean, you know, now that it's changing, of course. Um, but, you know, a lot of the times you're, you know, in sushi bars, you're making rice for like two years or three yeah. years. Before yeah. Before you even touch any fish. Wow. You're cutting daikon. You're cutting, you know. Yeah, a lot of knife skills. Yeah, a lot of knife skills and a lot of prep. Yeah. In sense, um, huh. For years on end. And then you get to progressively I grow. feel like sushi is like its own version of culinary school. Like it's like, mm-hmm. like you don't just take a class. Like you like yeah. commit to going that path. Yeah. Interesting. You so know, I might be too late. I might be too late to no, be a sushi chef. It's, it's okay. fine. <laughs> it's always fun. It, you can always learn. Yeah. You know, uh, it, you know, especially with my, with my stuff when I was at Roy's, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the time they were all, we trained them to do it. Sure. You know what I mean? And we yeah. trained them. Like to understand what the rice was and understand yeah. how each grain was and how important everything was. Right. So how, like, what is the secret to the perfect sushi rice? It, oh, there's a lot. I was going to say, or what's one of them? Yeah, well, that's hard because there's a lot of factors. You got to yeah. think about um, when the wet rice was grown, when it was harvested, oh my what gosh. type of crop it is. I had no idea. What's your acidity? This yeah. is so interesting. It's kind of like um, pastries. Yeah, You know, okay. when, when you have great pastry chefs and they're making... Um, you know, they're making like a croissants or something. Uh-huh. They're making something different. You know, you got to think about what's the humidity in the air. What's right. the temperature of the flour? What's the temperature that of the butter that sure. you're putting it in? So it's all those little. Tiny steps, micro steps. Yeah, it's not those, like, yeah. those things that you pay attention to. Huh. That makes it a little bit different. So like when you're making rice, it's it's about the feel at the same time, knowing where it's from, knowing where the sources are and, and seeing when yeah. it was harvested. So. Yeah, that's. That's really cool. So you said that your favorite part about being a chef was working with people. Yeah. Um, So what, like, and I would say I hear that response more Mm -hmm. often than not from people, Mm -hmm. which I think is an interesting trend. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's definitely true for me, too. Like, Mm -hmm. people would always ask me, like, what's your favorite thing to cook? And I'd say, like, whatever whatever your favorite thing is to eat. Yeah, basically. You know, because it's like, I, like... I don't have a favorite thing to cook. Exactly. But when I see someone really, really enjoy my food, that's makes, yeah, that's the that's, best part, exactly. right? Like to see someone just be like, oh my God. Yeah, this like, is Yay, really good. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, so the nourishing and that you're nourishing somebody yes, else. Yes. It's like a very yeah. like almost uh like primal thing, yeah, right? Or you're sure. like giving someone some life or something. Yeah, right? Exactly. So what what do you think for you? You said working with people. Like, mm-hmm. is it like mentoring people or, or what really inspires you and drives you in that field? Well, it's different because like after Roy's, I had um, – I left Roy's. I started my own business for okay. a while. Uh, I was doing what Blue Apron kind of does. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, I did that too yeah, for a bit. For a bit. For <laughs> pri- I did it for pri- – I was a private chef with um, – it's called Maison Chef, and I was doing it for. I did it for four years. Yeah, wow. You know, but the hard part was was you. I did catering consult. I did everything. Mm-hmm. So the hard part was was being able to see your staff and how they grew. Yeah, and that's because when you're on your own business, it's it's just you. Sure. There's no you don't you're not bringing up a line cook and right. and teaching him how to become a teaching them how to become a sous chef. Yeah. You know, you're not taking that, and you're you're not teaching them to become an executive chef. So. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that I do miss um, and that growth and being able to see my staff especially learn and grow and surpass me. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. I mean, in town, like 
John Jonathan Batista. Yeah. Down at table three. He yeah. was one of my he was one of my cooks. That nice. I first hired. Oh, that's so you cool. Know? And seeing him where he's at right now and yeah. you know, seeing all seeing a lot of my staff that was here grow and progress through their careers. Yes. It's yeah. really cool. Really rewarding. Yeah. Awesome. So. Very cool. Okay, I'm gonna switch topics on you real quick mm-hmm. because this is something that I touched on with um Anthony Sensei oh, yeah. when he was on the podcast. And I wanna talk to you about it. Um so there's all this talk and this like mm-hmm. sort of like growing trend mm-hmm. of like a Filipino food movement. Mm-hmm. What and you are a Filipino? Of course. I was like, I, I, maybe I should start there, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, what, what do you think about that? How does that like? What's your um, opinion of that? It's really cool, honestly, yeah. because it's. I think that now there's a lot more focus toward that for, toward Filipino food. Yeah. Um, it, Filipino food to me has always been. You know, you look at it. There's a lot of stews. It's it's a it's a melting pot of yeah. different types of cuisine. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the cool part about it. It's not necessarily Thai, but they've taken elements from Thai food. Sure. You know, they've taken elements from Chinese and as well as Indochina everywhere else. You yeah. Know? So yeah. there's all these influences uh, on Filipino food. So um, with now and the way that it's developing in the country. Um, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. You know, but then at the same time you look at the, I've been in San Diego for a long time. Right. You know, so Anthony has been doing it for a long time and a DJ down there and uh, Craig and everything Jimenez, but it's crazy because like guys like Rico Bartolome Mm. and, um, you know, Larry Bernard and the Filipino chefs that were here a long time ago that were doing that. Right. Um, those are the, those are the people that. Are inspirational still to me. Sure, you know. So, I still remember a dish that um, one of the, what Rico Gabartolome did was a uh, he did what is called what's called dinuguan. Okay. So basically, dinuguan is is um, it's uh, pork cooked in blood. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's in either pig, pig's blood or cow's blood. Okay. So he did a pork trotter itself and mm. then stuffed that and had it the same way. Yeah. Now you're like, oh, blood. Um, it reminds me of like. Cocovan, you're yeah, saying, right? Or blood sausage, <laughs> yeah. or morcilla, or anything like that. Sure. So it's the same kind of thought process and the same, uh, um, same flavorings yeah. in a sense. Yeah. Um, I love it myself. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> but awesome. But it's 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 a different. We grew up on, when we grew up on it. We grew up on it as our parents calling it chocolate meat. Okay. Yeah. Because it was dark. Dark. And it, was, it was the same coloring. Sure. Um, as like morcilla or you mm-hmm. know or anything like that. So very cool. I just we can see here. Um, Anthony Sensei from J6, <laughs> Chef Anthony says, Elisa and I are both watching. Hi, Elisa and Anthony and Robin. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. I, at our event on Thursday, we had Chef Carmine Lopez, um, yeah. who's yeah. Filipino, and Chef Jonana Francisco, both Filipino. And uh, Carmine did a, a version. I'm... I'm I, I'm like embarrassed to even try and say it, so I'm not going. Paksu lechon. Paksu. There it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, uh. mm-hmm. but um, oh my god, it was so good. Yeah. And it was funny when she was describing it to me. Mm-hmm. She was like, you know, like oh, my mom makes this dish, and she was really inspired. She's like, you know, for any big celebration, like we usually cook a whole pig. Yeah. She's like, and my favorite thing is what we do after. At, after, yeah, yeah, exactly. She's like, so like this is my favorite dish. She's mm-hmm. like, but it's like pork cooked in like a liver with vinegar (laughs) and i was like you're like i mean that sounds fine and she's like i feel like that sounds weird and it was so good like it was just so good you know (laughs) well because i mean you're in asia and you're in the philippines especially 
there's very there's very little refrigeration. Sure. So I mean, even even the refrigerators are warm. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So I mean, I remember going to my grandma's house and I was like, you know, your refrigerator is warm because it's so humid and so hot. Wow. You know, so you basically would. I mean, that's if a lot of Filipino base and a lot of Filipino cuisine is. There's a lot of vinegars and everything like sure. that to help preserve preservation. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, hey, it's been so awesome catching Absolutely. up with you, this getting to so know fun. you. Um, for those of you who are just dying to eat Chef Evan's food, like myself, um, go visit him at Artera in Del Mar. You can find them at 11966 El Camino Real. Um, they're open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So any time of day, go visit mm-hmm. him, have his delicious food, eat some sushi. Hey, stay at the hotel and get room service. I'm thinking that I might do that. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And um, hey, if you... Want to explore more with the San Diego food scene with Dine Local SD? Head on over to DineLocalSD.com where we highlight restaurant menus and ongoing specials. Also, remember to stay connected with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dine Local SD for upcoming podcast guests and awesome giveaways. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. It's been a Anytime. pleasure. Have a lovely Monday. Take care. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and give us a rating on iTunes. Thank you.